episode nine is sponsored by the Charities Conglomerate, asking you for money because your council has no interest in the sick or disadvantaged. Make sure you sign up for our new campaign. Stop whining and realise how lucky you are. Monson Jackson, Series 2, Episode 9, Spiral. As expected, it took Monsoon no time at all to escape with the evidence bag from the transfer station. In an effort to save money, the ever-pointless councillors had agreed a one-build-fits-all deal with a building firm that, by happy coincidence, was owned by one of the councillors' cousins. Also, by pure chance, the building firm had a surplus of money that they kindly bestowed upon the councillors on the strict understanding the money was donated to a charity of their choice. Importantly, no one was to ask if that money had been donated or check if there were any transfers of the donations going into off-world accounts. The one build was, naturally, a complete farce. The design was riddled with flaws and security weaknesses that were replicated across all other ports. Then eventually, across all other planets, because the build was so cheap and came with a charitable donation each time. They were fine for holding a wayward traveller, or as a temporary holding ground for prisoner transport, but definitely not for someone who had used them during their career and was well aware of the design flaws. Monsoon's arrival and then rapid departure from the transfer station was akin to a revolving door in the time taken. It was certainly lucky that Detective Lang needed his team on patrol and not, say, hanging around the port, able to see a wanted criminal making good his escape. Within moments, Monsoon was back in the tunnels and hurriedly reading through the digital files that had, unfortunately, not yet been security encoded for evidential purposes. Monsoon assumed Olaf would blame the phalangely challenged officer. Now that was how to stick the boot in. However, what happened next did surprise him. While he was intently reading, he saw moving shadows. Instinctively, he reached for Mary Jane. Realizing the stupidity of that reaction, he stood. Time to call on his augmentations again. Let's see what they could do this time. Then, just as he was ready to strike, a familiar face appeared from out of the darkness. Hey there, prisoner. Priva smiled at him. She was going to enjoy herself. How did you find me? Why risk finding me? Note the how first. Priva just carried on smiling. He was going to have to work for this. Monsoon stared back at her and then sighed. He put a tracker on me. Priva nodded and, it felt, did a small victory wiggle. All my best work is stamped. I have a reputation to protect, you know. You're a criminal surgeon for hire. Who exactly is keeping account on reputation? I mean... Oh, I see. Precisely, Monsoon. Reputation is everything on this side. Without it, you may as well just get shot, you know, like what keeps happening to you because of your appalling reputation. But why now? What do I have that could be of interest to... Monsoon looked down at the evidence bag and then back at Priva. 
It couldn't be. Could it? Do you know what's in here? Monsoon, please. I'm not the escaped prisoner. My flow is still intact. I know what you're looking for and what you need to see, so come with me. With some natural hesitation, Monsoon stood and followed Priva. It could be a trap, but why? What did she have to gain? It wasn't as if there was a bounty on Monsoon's head and... Oh, wait... They arrived at a little used door with MDR-59 stamped on it. It looked rusted shut, which was the intention. Priva slid a card into a hidden alcove and the door sprung open. Monsoon stepped inside, not trusting Priva for a moment. He was tensed and ready for whatever this was. But there was no armed gang seeking revenge, or a long list of individuals seeking revenge. Or... You know, just generally Monsoon had assumed revenge. Instead, in the centre of the room was something he'd suspected. He had the evidence suggesting, but yet, still, was surprised to see. Priva stepped forward and beckoned him to follow. There were cables, machines and pumps everywhere, but there was no mistaking what Monsoon could see. Lisa! Her sallow eyes opened and a weak smile crossed her face. Monsoon Jackson! If I still live and breathe. Monsoon dropped the evidence bag. He no longer needed it. This was not possible. He'd shot her. Well, okay, Elijah had shot her. Same difference. He'd meant to. Anyway, she died. That was an end to it. And yet, here she was. Not dead. I suspect you have a number of questions. Monsoon spun round to face Priva, a huge list of questions racing through his mind, overloading his thought process. But really, he knew only one question mattered now. Why? Why save her? Without missing a beat, Priva responded. She paid me well. As I said, reputation is everything. But this isn't you, Priva. Patching up some low-level criminals, fair enough. But not saving the life of this... this... thing. She'd bought the premium package. It was a business transaction. Nothing more, nothing less. Surrogate body, on standby, resuscitation device implanted to keep her just enough alive. Me, as part of the medic crew, stood not ten feet from you, but you never even noticed. Monsoon stepped back slightly. This had unsettled him. He did not like people he had fully intended to kill still being alive. It was a weakness and indeed damaging to his reputation. Does Elijah know? Priva shook her head. Monsoon was torn. Lisa's refusal to just die, while irritating, now actually provided him with a potential ally. An ally he would have to kill instantly afterwards, before she killed him, but an ally for now nonetheless. Monsoon turned back round to Priva, trying to ignore the frail form on the bed. He would, he had to admit, have some issues killing that. How nearly not dead is she? Well, considering how much you and Elijah tried to kill her, not bad. She will have to be further augmented, but otherwise we'll live a while longer. Further? Monsoon smiled, 
He knew how much Lisa had despised augmentation and had planned her longevity through other means. How the mighty had fallen. As he smiled, Lisa raised up one of her augmented arms. So then, she was not defenseless from the look of that weaponized limb. Monsoon turned and hissed at Priva. Why didn't you let her die? Or at least fit her with cheap augmentations that would break and allow me to easily kill her? You've answered your own question. You don't think for a moment she'd ask to see you if she couldn't defend herself. It's not like she trusts you any more than you do her. This is purely a meeting of convenience. You have a mutual problem which you both want to be solved. I would suggest you consider working together. Elijah's network is vast and for the most part filled with deeply unpleasant people. Much as you wanted to kill, I doubt you meant to make things a lot, lot worse. Monsoon was about to say something pithy in return, but Priva cut across him. Lot, lot worse. You have to understand. Elijah has overstepped the boundaries, well beyond what professional criminals would. But it's up to you. Start a fight. Try and do this on your own. I mean, if it comes to it, who would Elijah side with? The hated ex-lover who lured him into killing his own mother? Or the emotional surprise return of her not-dead mother? It's like a film, isn't it? Priva had a point. Whichever way he played this, it would be better to keep Lisa on side for now in a jointly distrustful way, then deal with her later. He was confident she had the same plan, so killing her first was fair enough. Monsoon nodded, and Lisa let her arm fall back down. There was an accord. Monsoon walked over to Lisa, hands up, though ready to react if required. He telegraphed that reflex, then sat down near her and stared for a while. You're hating this, aren't you? The nemesis you failed to kill. Teaming up together to defeat her son. I mean, the possibilities of betrayal are almost endless. Am I secretly working with my son? secretly working with your lover? Are we both working for someone who is using us both? Will I suddenly turn at the end? Will you? I can hear the tiny cogs in your head grinding, just trying to get the jump on this one. Monsoon. Monsoon smiled, mainly because he was playing for time. Spending so much time among the, well, lesser criminals had softened him a little. They were easier to manipulate, to convince, to outsmart. But then that's why they were in prison. Naturally, those observations did not apply to himself. He was just a victim of circumstance, not dim-wittedness. Needing further time, he adjusted his chair, then his clothing, then... Stop stalling. You know you have to play this hand, regardless of what you think. We need to come up with a plan or he'll take us both down. Monsoon stared at Lisa, looking her up and down. About that. You don't have the look of someone who's capable of doing anything, let alone taking on your child. Your, it has to be said, far more successful child. From what I understand, she has an army and is quite prepared to sacrifice them, like you were at Tor's Towers, just with a lot more people to throw at us. 
That's what happens in a sequel. Everything has to be more. Lisa sighed. There was the old Lisa he despised so much. Clearly, I'm not going into battle like this. But our last fight did convince me of the benefits of augmentation. And I've decided to go all in. As if on cue, two large metal doors slid open. Priva walked in with what could only really be described as a walking tank suit. It was massive and covered in weaponry. More importantly, it looked a lot better than the second-hand aftermarket jumble of kit Monsoon had wired to him. It had the shine of something that had just had the wrapping taken off it. What, no lights and smoke machines? No dramatic music and dancers? Lisa smiled. Not a pleasant smile, of course, but one of a snake making final preparations to kill its prey. I have to be ready for all eventualities, just in case things don't work out as we agree. Breva motioned to Monsoon, who stood up and wandered over. You need to go now. I have to sterilize the room and prep for surgery. Also, payment is only made if she survives the surgery, and I want to make sure she does. It's a very large payment. So she gets a giant battle suit, and all I really have are some second-hand defensive capabilities. Whose side are you on? No, don't answer that. You'll tell me it's whoever pays the most, and that won't be me. Priva smiled and pointed towards an exit. Go forward. That's where you need to be. Those words struck Monsoon. Priva was not the first to use them. Whatever was going on here, he was out of the loop. This was either for his own good, or perhaps there was something planned against him. His default guess would be the latter, given how many people wanted him dead. Nonetheless, he walked forward and through the door without sharing another word with his previous, current, pending nemesis. The door slid shut behind Monsoon, then locked, then made really loud, obvious, more locking noises behind. It was being made clear Monsoon was not welcome back in. He stood in what was a dimly lit room, yet there was something familiar, there was something comforting, something... Then he saw the sign and smiled, a genuine smile, a smile that suggested perhaps he would survive his immediate future. A figure moved in the shadows, but Monsoon didn't react. He didn't need to. Hello, Carla. Nice to see you again. And how are you related to Priva? Half-sister? Cousin? Patient? Partner? Carla stepped out of the shadows, carrying a small tray of items. She walked towards Monsoon. Any of those will do. It doesn't really matter, does it? She was right. It wasn't that Monsoon cared, just he hated not knowing. Knowing meant he could work someone out, judge the odds, decide the risks. Carla had just been a victim. Nothing more, nothing less. And yet, here she was, turning up again. Monsoon's thought process was interrupted. You should take these items. Priva is confident they will come in useful. Monsoon eyed the tray with suspicion, but everything seemed to be in order. A few clips for the inbuilt sidearms, 
Not Mary Jane, but then nothing was. Some spare battery packs, a handful of burn credits, and a utility belt. Monsoon busied himself adding the items to his person. This was no match for the war machine next door, but was undoubtedly better than running away. Probably. Why are you helping, though? I need to understand. Carla smiled and turned around, walking away. Just before she disappeared into the shadows, she turned and eyeballed Monsoon. Not many people did that, but it always impressed him when they did. Carla then stepped over and opened up Monsoon's arm augmentation. He was about to resist, but what was the point at this stage? If Priva had wanted him dead, there were far easier ways. Carla placed a small box inside. A tiny button under a plastic lid poked up into a gap. She closed the arm and sealed it with transparent liquid. Priva says not to touch that button. She will explain later why. But, for now, you are absolutely to not touch the button. Is that clear? Carla waited patiently for Monsoon to let his ego slide and nod acceptance. He nodded acceptance, and Carla vanished back into the shadows, back towards a sign saying C-R-A, to her home, something Monsoon no longer had, something that had been taken from him due to his own actions. Of course, he could blame Lisa, or Elijah, or anyone else. But he rolled the dice, taken those choices, and ended up a fugitive on the run, with most of the Solar Force undertaking a hard target search to be the one to bring him in. And now here he was, outgunned, working with his first nemesis to take down his ex-lover current nemesis. It was a mess. Things had been so much simpler before. It felt as if someone had decided to meddle in his life and make everything so much more complex, so much more dangerous. Yet to be fair, so much more compelling. Monsoon carried on walking towards the only other exit in the room. He wasn't sure what to do with his time. The thing with planning something on this scale was that everything else just felt pointless. It was difficult to explain to anyone how he'd ended up in this mess and yet was still deciding to progress with it. Perhaps he could set up a new life somewhere. Have a robocat called Fuchal. Trade online to make a living. And no one trying to kill you. Imagine how much simpler that would be. Boring, but simpler. Monsoon pushed the button and the door slid open. He was immediately welcomed to four tasers hitting him in the chest. He fell to the ground as Solar Force officers rushed past him barking orders and telling Carla to get down on her knees. Then they went to work trying to get the sealed door open. Detective Lang stood over Monsoon, shaking his head. Monsoon looked up and spat out his words. She's an innocent! Leave her alone! Detective Lang pointed to Monsoon's newly acquired items. He looked over at Carla and then back at Monsoon. I very much doubt that. He leant in further. I said I wanted Lisa dead. You had one simple job. Carla did not resist. She was led away without a fight and into the back of a grav cell, a small clear box. It was partly designed to keep criminals secure 
but mainly to humiliate them as they were conveyed back to the Solar Force station for processing. Monsoon took note of Carla's behavior and stayed still. He could no doubt try and fight his way out of this, but what would be the point? It wasn't as if he could really kill any of them, whereas he was supremely confident a number of them would be delighted to claim his scalp. It would be seen as a merit badge for promotion. The solar officer who took down the good cop turned rogue. They would be able to dine out on that story for years, do the lucrative, though ultimately soulless, chat show circuit, avoid the roped-off queue at the hot Desiato disco and gym franchises for life. A shout came over from the sealed door. There was sweat pouring from the solar officer's faces. They were adamant. None of the tools they'd brought were going to open it. It was properly sealed shut and nothing would open it short of unlocking it from the inside or bringing in a crowd control tank. On cue, there was a rumble. The door shook and twisted outwards. A second explosion and the door was torn from its mountings. Three tons of secure door thrown across the room like a cheap carrier bag caught on the summer breeze, whatever one of those was. Lisa appeared in her new form, a giant tank, armed in more ways than seemed necessary and having no issue at all with killing Solar Force officers. She opened fire while everyone with an instinct dove for cover. The tank punched holes in walls, furniture, and any Solar Force officer trying to take a heroic stand. If they had nothing on them to tackle a sealed door, they certainly had nothing on them to take down a battle tank. To be fair, this was unfair. The worst most officers normally had to deal with was sticks, or sometimes an improvised knife. Rarely, someone had managed to acquire a gun, but a battle tank was well above their pay grade. Detective Lang hid, slumped down behind a stanchion. He was screaming into his comms device. Yes, the army. Get me the army. No, I don't know their number. Just find it and get them. I don't know. Look it up. But as soon as it had started, it stopped. The tank was gone, shimmering out of view, moving off through the swirling dust clouds flecked with blood and body parts. Left behind were a few survivors, but most were dead or dying. But worse than that, far as Detective Lang was concerned, no monsoon. He'd used the distraction to make good his escape. With my thanks. This episode was voiced by Adam Roach as the narrator and the voice of Monsoon Jackson, with Heather Dent Cowan as the voice of the adverts. With additional voices, Michelle Duncan as Priva, Heather Dent Cowan as Lisa, Coventry York as Carla, and Stuart Goldsmith as Detective Lang. Written and edited by... Andy Case for Light Motif Productions Limited, copyright 2020. <laughs>